0: Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations with your hosts, myself, Jeffrey Stegman. And I'm Clayton Stegman. As Consciousness Explorers and Founders of Focus Life Force Energy, We're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level.
1: In this episode, we celebrate Earth Day and explore how to be a better steward of the planet. We discuss how the planetary field affects us and how we affect it. This episode has an additional special meditation for you to bless the Earth. Enjoy the
0: episode. Hello, everyone. We're releasing this episode near the time of Earth Day. We're celebrating the Earth today by, among other things, recognizing its true nature as a conscious, intelligent being. We believe the Earth has a consciousness and is evolving on a planetary scale. So we'll be discussing how the consciousness field of the Earth affects us and how we can affect it as well. And we're also celebrating Earth Day with a meditation that you can join here at the end of the episode. As Jeff said, we believe that the Earth has
1: a planetary field of consciousness. In previous episodes, we have discussed fields of consciousness around individuals, in our local areas, in our regions and countries, and how they affect us. We humans have a large effect on the consciousness of the planet, and of course, the physical condition of it. It's been said many times that we are the stewards of the planet, for better or for worse. How can each of us contribute in a positive way? Working on our own personal level of consciousness is one way to positively contribute to the world and to all living beings on it.
0: Hmm. Well, Clayton, let's, let's talk about this planetary consciousness field. You know, it's, we've talked about individual fields and it makes sense to a lot of people that there's, we have our own individual energy fields around us. And we've talked about going into, you know, old battlefields or prisons and feeling that lower level of consciousness field in a place, location, or and of course, high fields, like going into a... uh uh, a mosque or a place of worship where people are, you know, praying and loving. Mm-hmm. Um, so the earth's field is, of course, we're talking about a planetary scale, and we believe it has several pieces to that. Um, one is the consciousness of the living entity, the earth, so we believe that the consciousness is everywhere, as we've said in lots of previous episodes, and that a planetary-sized object like the Earth, other planets, and the sun all have an individuated consciousness and an underlying evolutionary impulse that um, you know we have as well as these large consciousness entities. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. When,
1: when people are talking about consciousness, we often think of a person. So mm-hmm. we we can talk to that person. We have a, a language we, that we can agree to if we speak that language. Uh, if we think of uh, pets, you know, we can we can't necessarily talk to our dog in a way that it it talks back to us, but. We can train it to uh, you know do certain things like roll over, shake a paw, um, we know when we rattle the, f- the the bag of food that it it comes running if we if, if it if it's been trained to do that or if it usually they figure out um, a couple of things pretty fast, one is when they get fed, you know um, so when we think about consciousness, it's a little bit different, it's a bit of a leap for many of us to. Uh, to go from a human to say a pet to a planet. So in the native traditions, I, when I think of uh, the relationship with the earth, I think of the sweat lodges that I've been to and uh, the native people that I studied under mostly down in uh, Vancouver when I lived there. I, I didn't go deep into that, um, into that set of teachings, but I did probably a couple dozen sweats and um and when I was really looking into the native traditions and what I could learn from it, the work of Black Elk was the one that kind of stood out to me. And so the there's certain traditions where it's just an assumed cultural, almost unconscious belief that of course the earth has a consciousness. Of course it is. A, well, I guess you'd have to define entity in a certain way that would include a non corporeal being that has soil and minerals and plants on it. And it's just a different way of thinking for a lot of us until it isn't. And then it's, of course, it does. So if we look at uh, some of the evidence in the secret life of, secret life of plants, you know, they, they make that correlation between the thoughts that people have when they come into a room and how plants are effective. So there's there's certainly science uh, that and uh, studies that have proven that in a way that the Western mind can relate to it and I think part of our job here is to is to bring you know a little bit of a mix of measuring consciousness fields in a way that maybe the Western mind can relate to it and then experiencing some of it in a more uh, we'll say, if we want to say West and East, you know, more of a mystical tradition and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, poets and musicians and and artists in many ways, you know, they have a way of connecting with things that transcends the mind. And we, we need that. And it's also, I think, helpful to address the, the mind's uh, desire for data to help it relax. And then we can mm-hmm. uh, enjoy Life instead of analyzing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we have no lack of data. <laughs> yes. And no uh, data. we were just calling ourselves geeks right before we came on the episode. That uh, And uh, it, it does help the mind and it helps put things in perspective, which we'll do during this episode, is how does this planetary field affect us when it's at different levels of consciousness um, that – you know, so levels of consciousness, we refer to Dr. David Hawkins and his map of consciousness that he created. It's a a logarithmic scale to a thousand sort of in this uh, physical realm and really to infinity um, that each point upwards, 10 times more energy. So we'll refer to that. We'll call it level of consciousness or LOC is a way to summarize that but yeah it's interesting t- going to the native traditions mm-hmm. and that you know deep understanding that there is a consciousness there and that we can speak with it you know that there's a relationship um, between us and the earth and uh, we're, g- we're going to explore that in the meditation We'll um, be speaking to the earth in our own way
1: yeah. You know, what's interesting is, uh, there's a couple of groups up here. They're calling them spiritual. They're calling themselves spiritual hunters, which is you know, very, very interesting. And I know a gentleman who was, um, he's kind of loosely connected to it, but he, for him, he was brought up, uh, you know, in the bush as a, as a young man. He's about, you know, he's in mid fifties now, mid late fifties. When he was 13 years old, he had his own trap line. And then, he, he, you know, he got taken away to residential school shortly after that. But um, he just grew up with this relationship with the earth. And um, there's been a couple times when we have gone out together into the bush just to, I was asking him to teach, teach me how to connect with nature better. And so we do a little prayer before we go out. And um, I was reading books about about the native's relationship with the earth. And one of the things that people would do when they were hunting is they would go into an area and they would turn the rocks over in the area. And what they would find in the rocks were images of the animals that lived in the area. Mm. And then from that, they would know that if there's a certain type of animal in the area, it would relate to the environment in a certain way and a pretty predictable way. And then they would be able to go to those areas and increase their odds of of, uh, of having a successful hunt. But So this, this gentleman's name is John, it's his uh, white name. And uh, uh, what he told me is that when they would go hunting, they really wouldn't go out to take an animal. They would, they would ask the creator what it has to teach them today. And sometimes it was to take an animal and sometimes it wasn't, but that was their attitude. And so I don't, that's just, there's things like that that are kind of almost partly mystical, but when you turn over rocks and you find the images of animals in the back of rocks and there's those animals in the area, you know, that is a form of, um, it is a form of evidence. So that's another kind of bridge between the evidential part of Mm -hmm. life and and the mystical tradition. And uh, mm. when I've gone out with John, I've never seen so many animals in my life. Like mm. now, we didn't take any animals when we were together, but um, we there's a lot of turkeys in areas so we were looking to uh, explore, taking a turkey for Thanksgiving, and and we didn't. But uh, we've seen a lot. We've seen a couple of flocks of turkeys that were pretty l- large flocks. And he was asking the flock if one of them wanted to, you know, give up its life for us. And, um, he didn't get a yes. And we, we weren't prepared to take anything anyway, but that's what, that's part of what, uh, he taught me about the native tradition. Now I don't know if all native traditions mm-hmm. are the same, but, um, it's just for, you know, this is, we're talking about the relationship with the earth and the, and the, and the animals that live on it and the minerals. And mm-hmm. you know, that's part of their tradition. So that's, I just find that really fascinating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it seems it's the same as how we're looking to run the FLFE business or how we're, you know, to the best of our ability, running the FLFE business, doing what's in the highest and best interest of all creation or what is creator mm-hmm. or want us to learn or in, in how to move forward. And so in you know in terms of the earth, you know that's it's respecting the earth and respecting the resources that are there, and looking to, to be in that flow of what's in the what's in the best interest of all, you know, at all times. It's a different orientation. So yeah, I never thought about the the connection between the native traditions and what we're doing in in FLFE and running the business.
1: Yeah, since it's you know we're releasing this around Earth Day and people are looking about how they can have a different relationship with the Earth, just wanted you know thought we should tell some stories about how different traditions have had a different relationship with the Earth mm-hmm. than maybe a, a Western mindset and um, and kind of the religious uh, historical context of that humans have dominion over the Earth. Versus mm-hmm. humans are in relationship with the earth, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where that would lead us as a society, but I think it would be an interesting uh, topic to explore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to go hunting; I can just go to the supermarket.
0: But you know, um, <laughs> you can ask the same question: What do I? What do I? What can I learn here at the supermarket? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> So a planetary consciousness field then, you know, includes the living entity, we believe, the consciousness of the earth, and it includes the sum of all consciousness fields on the earth. So just like we've talked about in previous episodes and human individual fields, uh, fields of other intelligent beings, animals, plants, in the fields for, you know, even what you can... people consider inanimate objects like minerals and rocks and, uh, the soil, even that, uh, then it also has consciousness and the whole planetary field then is a, is is a combination or sum of all these things and that we can measure it using kinesiology and that's, or kinesiology is consciousness, kinesiology or muscle testing to measure, on a consciousness scale, the map of consciousness that we've talked about. And, um, that's where the numbers come in that we talked about earlier that can really help us kind of understand our experience of the world and its influence on our lives.
1: Yeah. The, the map of consciousness is, uh, there's many maps of consciousness out there. The, the one that we're using is, uh, created by Dr. David Hawkins. His book, Power Versus Force is, a uh, New York Times bestseller, so it's pretty accessible. And that's, uh, at least in the first edition, it's on page 68, the the map. So you can probably find a copy online pretty quickly Mm. if you want to know more about the map of consciousness that we're referring to. So we were going to go over some historical um, data, Jeff, about uh,
0: about the history of the planet and it's and its level of consciousness yeah it kind of relates to how the planetary field uh, affects us so we're kind of putting numbers on things we might experience as a feeling or a mood or just a way of seeing the world yeah
1: yeah to me the planetary uh, field of consciousness kind of seems like a bank account you know you contribute to it and then you have resources right and it uh and it, you know when you need it you can you can withdraw from it. So let's go back to so we went back about three thousand years to uh, get a sense of uh, the historical perspective that might help us make a uh, a relative comparison to our experience
0: today. So we used consciousness kinesiology and um, did a lot of calibrations looked back 3,000 years. So essentially we went back to 1000 BC, a little bit more, but roughly 1000 BC. And then, and it's interesting as you look at the world and there were higher civilizations that we've heard about like Lemuria and Atlantis that, that Plato and others have, have brought forward and it shows up on ancient maps. So some of those may have been much higher consciousness civilizations, but what we're looking at is the average of the entire earth, you know, or the, as we said, the sum of all the the consciousness fields on the earth and the, the conscious of the earth. So, so right about one, a one AD, um, the earth went over 100 for the first time during the time that we studied. And then that was corresponded with, with uh, you know, many masters sort of, we had, you know, Zoaster and Buddha and Muhammad and Christ at that time. Um, So the earth came over 100 um, and then continued an upward climb kind of slowly through the dark ages, the inquisitions, some some Mm -hmm. ups and downs there uh, to 190 in the late uh, 1400s, according to our calibrations. And it's interesting. See, if you look at the
1: the the Hawkins map of consciousness, two hundred is where uh, systems come into integrity, or individuals come into overall integrity. And there's a very different quality of energy between, say, one ninety and two ten. And there's a there's a tension there when you make the transition from going to non-integrity to integrity overall. And it takes uh, a lot more energy to go from 199 to 201 than it would take to go from one, you know, 195 to 199, for example, or probably even 190 to 199 on the Hawkins map. It's a different quality of energy. So when large systems make a, uh, an exponential uh, growth spurt like that, or they make a change, it oftentimes takes a long period before they have the resources to do that. Mm. So uh, the world was at 190 on the Hawkins map uh, from the late 1400s until about 1987. And um, those of you who are students of Hawkins, uh, uh, David talks about um, that it wasn't caused by the harmonic convergence, but it was pretty close to the harmonic convergence was probably a contributing factor, but not the causal factor. Mm. So in 1987, the world went uh, over 200 for the first time. It actually went to about 207, which is, uh, an example of how, when that tension is, um, transcended, that there'll be a lot of momentum when you get through that, mm. that level. And then it went, you know, down and, and up again since then, uh, but that is a very significant uh, event in the history of of humanity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That two, that 200 and the momentum that happens carrying over it, it's seems to be there's this upward spiral energy or this tractor like energy attraction upward rather than the pull downward, Mm -hmm. you know, into lower levels. So that, seems like the momentum rather than pushing the boulder uphill you the boulder starts to roll downhill a little bit um and that that momentum so for us personally as people in a 200 in in the world uh planetary field over 200 there's for, for you know there's this positive upward feeling where things can move upward it feels uh our moods can move upwards um there's hope there's, there's, there's a uh, just a move towards positivity, positivity rather than a pull towards negativity. Would you agree with that, Clayton?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have that same experience in our own personal lives. When we, for example, um, I've been studying investments a lot lately and finance. And uh, there's something that happens when you begin saving money every month and you get out of debt there's a positive momentum in your financial life at least but that's what I've experienced and heard from others that when you when you finally get out of debt um, and there's different types of debt of course uh, many of us carry a mortgage but the more out of debt you are the more free you are energetically and it creates a momentum that you start to attract more opportunities because the world is is quite abundant. We just have to get into the mindset of abundance. And then we, as we attract more opportunities and become more prosperous, then it, it's uh, it's also an opportunity to, to give more. Mm-hmm. And that's part of being in that, you know, that mindset.
0: Well, part of the point of going through these numbers in such detail, and we're, we're about to get into the wild ride that we've had over the last couple of years is our personal experience of this large-scale consciousness field. And we'll, we'll get more into that as we go along. Like, how does that affect us, you know, and how does it affect our lives? And our awareness of it can really make a difference in how we, how we conduct ourselves so, um, and how we relate to the world. So we hit the highest that we measured in 2019, it was right there at the end in the last quarter it was like 242 is that right? Clayton?
1: Yeah, the planet was about 242 the last uh, quarter of 2019. And in uh, in Hawkins work there's a um, there's kind of these base camps if you will, you know, at every 50 point integer on the map of consciousness. So you have 200, 250, 300 obviously. And so we were we were looking at least, you know, us and the company and a few of our friends, we were wondering if, we're, if we were going to be able to make it over 250, as that was the next level, and that's neutrality on the on the Hawkins' web.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we had some things interfering <laughs> with that, or some major uh, major issues with the the COVID, the whole COVID uh, um, issue. We dropped below 200 in late March of 2020, and got down into fear. So back to 100. So the whole entire planet was at 100, which we'd, you know, just gotten above in, um, you know, AD, 1 AD. So we were back back to that level uh, in April of 2020 and then climbed up into 150 anger, you know, a few months after that. Yeah, and we were celebrating, I remember, in December of 2020, back over 200.
1: Yeah, for a little while. It was. Uh, it looked like things were were kind of over. And uh, and, then, and then the lockdowns and the restrictions came in again, and we were back to 150. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're not giving you a month-by-month breakdown, but that's been sort of the overall trend.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that will that will be on the on the link that we send at with uh, in the show notes. So yeah, we can just kind of fast forward to the last uh last twenty four hours from the time we recorded this, March thirtieth. I think we were at uh one fifty over the previous twenty four hours on average.
1: Yeah, and the uh I think the month of January um, we were like a 180. You know, and mm-hmm. what's what's happened with uh, the situation in Ukraine is that the world is, uh, you know, in that kind of anger place, which is
0: 150 mm-hmm. on the Hawkins map. So let's talk about how this planetary field affects us. You know, when it hits these lower levels, you know, what happens? I personally have noticed, you know, lower emotions like you know fear worry um uh, anger at times over things that are happening and um that seems to be you know part of the there's like an attractor field or some um when the world or the planetary sphere is at that level of conscious that it's it's attractive to go there you know um how, how did it affect you during those times, Clayton?
1: Yeah, well, it's easier. It's easier to be negative. And uh, it seems mm-hmm. that when you get onto a uh, a topic where you're triggered, it's easier to to go down the road of having that be something where you slip into anger or fear mm-hmm. or despair or some of the lower emotions. And it's hard to know sometimes there's, there's, um, there's positions that I think are worth taking in the world against what we perceive as an untruth. And then there's our own journey of being, uh, being triggered by something that we haven't made peace with and having that take us down the road. And, you know, who wants to be around an angry, negative person? Not for very long, so it's um, yeah, it, it's a it's it requires more diligence to keep your peace of mind.
0: In mm-hmm. my experience, yeah, to stay in that loving state, you know, because we we've talked a lot in the past about you know being in a loving state, getting to that but it's just five hundred mm-hmm. on the Hawkins map, and it does feel like it's a lot harder to stay in that positive state when the field around you is lower. And certainly the news and the conversations are lower that it takes more of our personal energy. I mean, to me, it felt like it's lowered my personal energy that's available because I'm, you know, working to keep the state higher and, and it can affect relationships as well. You know, for going to those negative places, how does that affect our partners, the people around us, those that we uh, that we care about? So this is all really how the world, planetary consciousness field affects us and our life, and how we see the world. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we do a lot of kinesiology research, and you know the we sort of been tracking our own level of consciousness for what probably since uh, mid two thousands, Jeff, maybe, you know, 2004, 2003, Mm -hmm. maybe we went, you know, we met sort of back then. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't check it every month per se, but we certainly check it regularly a couple of times a year, at least. And sometimes in a lot of detail and, you know, this period of time, over the last two years has not been our highest two years in the previous 20, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, lovingness is, is not to be, uh, is not to be assumed that it, that it's without boundaries and without standards and that you're not a, you know, you're not a a pushover or a kick dog or, uh, you're being abused by anybody. It's just, you're making a conscious choice to have peace of mind and peace of yeah. mind is a lot more accessible at 500 than it is at 150. So, you know, there's always a context around these things. And for many of us, um, the opportunity that this last couple of years has brought up, it's allowed us to evaluate the importance of our state. Mm-hmm. And is our state the most important thing in our life? And it seems to be a more and more important conversation to have and if it is the most important thing in our life then how do we behave and how do we manage our lives how do we plan our lives around that and uh, that's been coming up a lot in our conversations i think jeff between you know us and the staff and even uh, in my home it's like if our state is the most important thing then what does that mean on a day-to-day basis And how does that affect our work and, you know, our diet and our social life and, Mm -hmm. yeah, exercise, everything.
0: And I think we've talked in previous episodes about the responsibility to keep a positive state, you know, sort of the ethical responsibility. and, um, And that leads us to, you know, how we affect the planetary field. So, you know, maintaining that positive state, say we're at 500 in a, a loving state, we're feeling loving towards those around us, towards the earth, towards whatever's happening at that time in our life, that that contributes in a big way to to the earth and to everyone else. Um, and we have some, some studies that we did in FLFE and our research team, sort of looking at, well, what is level of consciousness do to plants? Because mm-hmm. we've heard from FLFE subscribers a lot about their, their gardens and their trees in their yard being so much bigger and greener than their neighbors and um, um, sending us, you know, giant cucumber pictures and other things that they've grown. And so we did some plant studies and this is really to, how does this planetary field affect uh, plants and all life, and you know, as we contribute to it through maintaining a loving state and some other things, we'll talk about um, that affects life, you know, in in all ways, in in many ways. So, in FLFE, we did a preliminary plant experiment with the FLFE high consciousness field. We saw a twenty nine percent increase in leaf length in spinach. And we've just gotten some results on a larger controlled study on a farm in Saskatchewan, Canada, with the FLIFI environment. And we saw between a 14% and a 29% increase in yield, you know, of the crop per acre compared to control acres. So, so level of consciousness matters, you know, it, it matters in the vitality of life and, um, there's plant growth and there's human consciousness growth. Um, We know that in the FLFE environment, you know, if you're 24 seven in the environment for 90 days that people go up on average, I think it's 30 points now. Yeah, it's 30 points, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's substantial. That's a a change in your experience of life. And um, just to maybe mention one thing about this, study on a farm. It was a 10,000 acre organic farm. And, um, some of those machines have a very sophisticated, um, way of, uh, measuring yield. And that was a double blind study. The farmer didn't know which, um, fields had, um, FLFE, uh, the FLFE, um, service on, um, on the field and, and which ones didn't. So we, uh, compensated for the, uh, placebo of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 30 points is a difference in the quality of our life. Um, if you go on holidays, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might go up 30, 40, 50 points on holidays. Hopefully if you had a good one, if so you go on a meditation retreat for a week or for some people fishing is a form of meditation. I'm one of those. So you go fishing for a week and you're in your happy place. You know, you could go up a lot more than 30 points, but, uh, just to say that 30 points is, is substantial and is a, uh, although you may get used to it, if you, it's just like going into on holidays, you don't really, you know, it takes you about a, a couple of days to get back into the flow of work and, and, um, or if you go to a, a place that has a high level of consciousness, like a monastery or a, a church, a, you know, if it's a religion of love, it will typically have a loving or higher vibration. And if you're not in that state, it can get us realigned. So that's just to give you some context on what 30 points might look like in your life.
0: Yeah. It's more joy, more abundance. You know, we hear reports from Mm -hmm. subscribers and, and for me, more freedom from patterns of belief that just weren't working for me anymore. Yeah. You know, just, and that's, that's been part of our, you know, life life work of you know working on our consciousness and trying to free ourselves from those patterns that. And when it's so funny when I come upon those sometimes it's like wow I still believe that and it's time to go you know so that that's part of the the payoff for rising to consciousness why it matters, um, but you know we're talking about a planetary scale and. There is a way that our personal growth helps the entire planet um, in a real way, and that's the compensation factor that Dr. Hawkins uh, brought forward. Want we'll to talk about that, Clayton? It's, you've studied that more than I have.
1: So in the back of uh, Power versus Force, the first edition, on page 282, uh, Dr. Hawkins talks about uh, the, the compensation factor. So the compensation factor is probably defined, at least as the way I understand it, is it's how much positivity will neutralize negativity. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about chemistry, for example, if you had you know acid and alkaline, if you uh, you know eat a lot of acidic foods, your body will get acidic, and there's a whole bunch of the things that will happen in the body. Uh, and uh, and if you eat alkaline foods, it will compensate for that. And it will balance the pH of your body out. So, um, so the principle of compensation works also in consciousness. So, because uh, we like data and, and numbers, we, we appreciated the fact that Dr. Hawkins had measured this. So, um, the data that he gave at the time, when in Power versus Force, the first edition public, uh, publication, he said that one person at 500 or love on the Hawkins map of consciousness counterbalanced for 750,000 people below 200. Now, at the time he published that, we calibrated the level of consciousness of the world was at 205. So there is a principle involved in that as the world goes higher, a more positive person will compensate for fewer uh, people that are negative. So, for example, as of the fall of uh, of 2019, between September and December, the last quarter, one person that calibrated at 500 love, according to our research, this is not uh, Dr. Hawkins' research, one person at 500 counterbalanced for 610,000 people below 200. And at the level of consciousness of... um, of the world on average in March, and this is March 30th. So it'll probably be very close. Um, the world is 158. And so one person at 500 in the month of March, the average would that, that, that average person at 500 would counterbalance for 870,000 people below 200. Mm. So you can see the principle of uh, consciousness compensation. Hmm on the planet
0: so it's even more important yeah. at these times to raise our own consciousness because of that yeah so it's it goes from one one person counterbalancing 750 to one person counterbalancing 870 yeah yeah that's thousand that's a lot of that's a lot of people um
1: yeah, so-, so you know Go ahead, well, I'm going to talk about the earth here, but I'll talk about individuals. Uh, I'll pass the mm. earth part to you, Jeff. A lot of people wonder, you know, how do, I, how do I live a good life? What's the good life? We all wonder that, I guess. Um, part of the good life is to have a high level of consciousness. It's a high level of consciousness is the thing that we can control the most. And that's the way to increase our freedom the most, as Jeff said. And, you know, you can just have a pretty average life and be a loving person and make a great contribution to humanity. So you don't have to be a a business magnet. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a a famous musician or have a large loving family or whatever the ideal is uh, for you. You can certainly have all those things. and. You can just be a loving person who lives a pretty simple life and you can make an extraordinary contribution to not only yourself and the people that are close to you, but you can make an extraordinary contribution to humanity and to the planet.
0: Mm. And we're talking about this contribution of consciousness, you know, this Increased energy of higher consciousness, you know, affecting the the large, as you just said so beautifully, Clayton. And you, you know, a listener might be wondering, what about the physical planet? Mm. You know, we're we have the current condition of the physical planet. Uh, you know, from many points of view, is not good, and we haven't taken great care of it. Um, lots, you know, extinctions happening, u- resources being used up in a legacy of plastic in the ocean. I've been following this, uh, Australian couple, you know, going into the wilds of Australia in this little 14 foot dinghy or, or uh... very small boat and everywhere they go, they find tons of plastic on the beaches. I mean, this is like in some of the most remote parts of the world and it's just full of plastic. Um, but this current condition, from our point of view, is, is a consciousness issue. Um, so at lower levels of consciousness, you know, it's personal survival. Maybe the family's taken into account. Maybe there's an identification of a tribe or a city or a, even a country. But that's kind of all you can see, you know. And so you're, you're not thinking about the larger picture of the earth uh, w- at that level of consciousness. And you could think of it like rising in consciousness, like going up a tree. Mm. So the higher you go, the more you can see. And the more you you can see, the more you can care for, the more that you can love and care for. So the view up the tree at the very bottom is just self, you know, very selfish. And then as you go up, you know, it's really could be oneness with all that is, you know, mm. at the top that you see, you see everything and you know, you're, it's a part of you and you're a part of it. So one of the things, one of the quotes that's attributed to Einstein is that we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking uh, that that we created the problems with. So we see that as being, that's the same level of consciousness that we created the problems with. So rising in consciousness would up level our view of the world and our thinking that could include solutions, you know, to these current problems that we're, that we're dealing with. So, so working on raising our consciousness counterbalances, as we've said, you know, lower, lower level of consciousness out there, sort of positivity, counterbalancing negativity, but also from a higher level of consciousness that we may solve these problems and from a higher, higher perspective or a higher level of thinking, as Einstein said.
1: So the question that we may, that you may be asking yourself is, what can we do? What can we do for the earth? And at least one answer for us in this moment is we can do a, a meditation for the earth. And uh, we'll activate a high consciousness field through the FLFE technology to help us stay in a high state and get into a high state, first of all. And then, in terms of other things you would like to do for Earth Day, you know that's really sort of up to you. But we wanted to do something together to uh, contribute to the to the Earth. So, in this meditation, we'll have the opportunity to experience a higher level of consciousness. Uh, there's no forcing of this on anybody. It's it's of your free will and. Uh, And it's an opportunity for you to experience this higher level of consciousness up the tree, as Jeff said. So um, in different episodes, we've touched on different ways to raise our level of consciousness. Our life's work as expressed through uh, FLFE or Focus Life Force Energy is to support the optimal conditions for the evolution of consciousness in an economized society. So in many ways, it's a service for um, seekers on a spiritual path to accelerate their growth or just for those who value the experience of a higher level of consciousness and and their relationship with that. I, I, I don't want to make it wrong for anybody not to want a higher level of consciousness, so I think we'll just leave it at that from my point of view. So, um in general, raising consciousness can be uh, practiced as a daily forgiveness or gratitude. People talk about um, meditation. Um, we've met some people who are parents who consider their 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 parenting as a spiritual path. So, you know, loving their children, making them breakfast, making them dinner, you know, going out and earning a living for them is a it's, I think, an underrated spiritual act of devotion, and uh, we can also maintain our house as a sanctuary. We can clean it. We can get nice plants. We can decorate it. We can feng shui it. We can limit, you know, distracting media. Having a television on all the time is pretty, pretty hard on some homes. We can play nice music, and then there's the standard. Practices of meditation and contemplation to connect with a higher power,
0: so as well as raising our our personal consciousness, as you said, Clayton, and lots of different ways to do that, and uh, I really like the gratitude practice I do that try to do that when I go to sleep and when I wake up in the morning um, often when I go to sleep doing a gratitude practice, I have really good dreams when mm. I start <laughs> at the beginning of the night. <laughs> But the other is increasing our, our personal energy and moving from that area of love, you know, being being in a loving state. Um, there is some personal energy that's coming in and it's really has a different quality than the energy that might come from adrenaline, from anger uh, or anxiety, you know, or, you know, fear running away from that. Uh, tiger or that virus um, is um, you know that fear can create adrenaline which creates a type of energy but it is a short-lived and it's hard on the body Mm -hmm. you know it's hard on the adrenals and other parts of the body so it's just something to mention along with this consciousness work we're talking about and our personal development work is you know increasing your personal energy Um, I use exercise for that. Uh, I find that really helpful to to really get a good, you know, hour of, of, of intense energy in a day. And uh, right before we got on, I jumped on the uh, trampoline for five minutes and Mm -hmm. bounced, bounced up and down. Uh, And there are breathing exercises that can help energize your body. Uh, There's, there's many of those out there. Um, I think you're You've got some sources for those, Clayton, Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's work. They have a number of breathing exercises you can do to increase your personal energy and spending time in a high consciousness field like the FLF environment.
1: Yeah, it's not really uh, uh, the time and place for us to go into detail, but uh, Kriya Yoga through uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's Organization, the Self Realization Fellowship, is one source. There's lots of um, there's lots of different teachings out there in the yoga tradition around breathing exercises. Maybe we'll do that one day, but today today is not that day. Uh, staying in a good mood is really important to your personal energy. Becoming um, angry or uh, or negative for for too long is exhausting. It's exhausting for you and it's probably exhausting for the people around you or around us or around anybody. So, um, yeah, there is a lot of energy and anger, but it's the type of energy that is very costly and uh, typically destructive. So, we just thought it was important to create a, a relationship or a bridge between a personal energy field and uh, or the personal energy of our body and a high consciousness field because you're more free when you're in conscious control of your, of your energy level. So obviously hydration is a huge one for this. We have to eat a certain amount of food and, uh, but yeah, breathing exercises are, we believe we get most of our energy from the air that we breathe. So the meditation is a, is a tradition in almost all cultures and all spiritual traditions. And as we go into this, it's an opportunity to climb that tree and see more of the world and express our gratitude for how the world's contributed to our existence and give something back to it. It is related to our own personal relationship with life, and it does give us an opportunity to appreciate uh, other cultures the biodiversity of the earth, the ecology of the planet, and the views of other people that
3: we may not necessarily understand.
1: In this style of meditation, we will have one person speak from the perspective of the individual. That will be Jeff. And then there will be an opportunity to share your own thoughts from your own individual perspective, which may include your gratitude for the earth and eventually a
3: blessing for the earth.
1: Uh, I will speak from the perspective of what I believe wants to be said from the collective consciousness of humanity and then I will give you an opportunity to speak with your own thoughts silently or out loud if you wish from the perspective that you feel needs to be expressed from humanity. So there will be one of us speaking. There'll be 30 to 60 seconds of silence another person speaking 30 to 60 seconds of silence. And there will be three themes that we will address. We do request that you don't do this meditation in a moving vehicle. So if you're driving, please pause this. Or if you're operating any machinery, then please pause it as well and wait until you're in a place where you can uh, sit silently and connect with your own uh, thoughts in the best way possible. I'm gonna turn it over to you to uh, begin,
2: Jeff. So let us close our eyes. Again, not driving.
0: Just feel our seat Bodies pressing into the seat, seat to the floor. and We can make that connection into the earth, the bottom of our spine, into the earth. We can imagine, think about, or
2: feel that connection going all the way to the center of the earth. so dear earth acknowledging
0: that you are being that you have consciousness that you are a great wise and evolving being who is interacting with us in all aspects of the earth And that that my connection with you is real,
2: and is there waiting for me to reach out to this ancient, advanced consciousness that is you, Mother Earth. Now, as you wish, you can speak your own acknowledgement of the
0: earth's consciousness in your own way.
4: speaking from the collective to the earth, acknowledging that you are a conscious entity to a degree. I see our ancestors walking across the earth as hunter-gatherers. Seeing the beauty of the landscapes. Breathing the fresh air. Appreciating
1: nature as it unfolds. Noticing the rocks or the soil beneath our feet,
3: the sun on our face, and noticing that as we acknowledge your
4: intelligence, your beingness, earth, that you are willing to share more with us. And that as we respect
3: your resources, that we are more in alignment with ourselves and you that provide all to us and that we find peace
1: in our relationship as we Go through our day-to-day lives and as our societies transform from hunter-gatherer to agrarian societies where we become farmers and then into the industrial era. And we see the relationship with you progressing
4: and we look For more ways to connect with you
3: as a race of humans. Now I will give you a chance to speak your own thoughts to the earth on behalf of the collective
4: of humanity.
2: Thank you, dear earth, for all that you have done for me individually
0: from the minerals, from your seas and land that make up my body, that help my body to function, the magnesium, the calciums, the boron, all the minerals. I'm grateful for this support for my life, health, and well-being.
2: For the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the air, the air I breathe, and the water I drink, as an individual. Just all the support for my life and all of the beauty.
0: The sunrises, the sunset that I enjoy, the
2: incredible beauty of the land, of the sea, of the air, clouds.
0: I'm grateful for this dance of life in your safety, in abundance.
2: Now we'll pause for you to thank the earth in your own way.
4: speaking from the collective of humanity, we give thanks to the earth for all it has done, for
1: all of our ancestors, for all of the people who have ever walked the earth, for all of the animals who have lived on its skin,
3: We give thanks for the
1: beauty and the nourishment of the plants and the animals supported by the mineral kingdom. We give thanks for the abundance that the earth has provided to all the cultures, all the races, all the tribes, all of the societies that have evolved on the earth in whatever way they are
4: categorized by humanity. We acknowledge that everything that we have comes from
3: you, earth, all of our clothing, all of our building
1: materials, all of the machines that help our life be more convenient, help us thrive on the earth,
3: in fact, even help us survive.
1: We thank you for all the food you have provided us, all the water you have nourished us with, the air that you give us to breathe.
3: We thank you across all races Across all generations, across all genders.
1: I will now give you an opportunity to speak what you think needs to be said on behalf of humanity to the earth
4: in gratitude. As an individual,
0: I now bless you, dear Mother Earth, and send you light and love from all the aspects of me, the best of my ability to send you light and. My eyes close, I can see the light from my hands, from my heart. And just with all the gratitude for all that I've received,
2: I bless you in your evolution, your path. I open my heart and send you this gratitude and love down to the core of the earth. And I invite those listening to do the same now as you wish in your own way.
4: Speaking on behalf
3: of the collective consciousness of humanity to the earth,
4: we thank you for and bless you for all that you have given us.
1: In many cultures, humans are seen as the intermediator between the spirit world and the earth world. And so, whatever belief you have in a higher power, a force greater than yourself, whether it's
3: an angelic realm or some divine entity or divine form of benevolent, loving energy, we send that into you, Mother Earth. We bless you
1: as a race, as a people, as a human family, for all that you have done for us and all those who have come before us.
4: We ask for your patience
3: as we continue to evolve and learn to work in greater
4: harmony with you. I'll give you an opportunity to bless the
3: earth from the perspective of all of
4: humanity, as best you can. We are bringing our meditation to a close. We invite
3: you to be present in your body.
1: Once again, notice your feet on the floor or your body sitting on a couch or a chair or a bench or the earth, whatever you're sitting on. I invite you to notice Your body
4: awareness coming back. Your breath becoming deep.
3: Feeling at peace. Feeling connected to the earth. Feeling the joy of blessing and being blessed.
4: And we open our eyes. And we continue on our day with this presence
3: of connection and gratitude for the earth and we are complete.
1: Thank you for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of focused life force energy for 15 days.
0: If you like, you can subscribe to the Fields of Consciousness podcast and please tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11, 11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward.